Do we need to start looking at benching an AFC South stud? Is one squeaky wheel about to get a lot of grease in week seven? And which AFC East pass-catching sleeper might be in line for a second straight big game? Plus, the 10th place team owner in the FFPC main event, Matt Medica is going to drop by to talk about loading up on Lions in his draft. The Ravens state of their, uh, the current state of the Ravens ground game, excuse me, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts right now. Can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and for LEX. Thanks for, so much for hopping by. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, this is presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. Follow me on the X at Eric Balkman. Of course, you can also hear me on the road of his high stakes lowdown and the Better Sports Network's high stakes fantasy football show. And of course, the FFPC. Uh, I want to welcome in my co-host, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. Check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Welcome aboard, Farrell Elliott. Farrell, welcome in, man. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. I thought you were going to be in Parts Unknown tonight. Were you flying? I got on that airplane this morning. I landed an hour ago, and I'm pleased to say I finally caught up to a uh, cup of coffee, (laughs) perhaps with some adult libation in it. And um, it's good to be home. It is good to be home. It's good to be home for you. Uh, as well, and it's good to be uh, on this broadcast with you tonight. We're helping everybody from their for their season long uh, contest in the FFPC and the KFFSC. But if you are looking for some weekly action, the FFPC has it. Uh, go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com to play in the FFPC weekly challenge. There's no draft, there's no salary cap. You can play with kickers or without, uh, with in, with or without kickers and defenses. 10 players or 12 players, depending upon how you want to do it. Just lock that team in by 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, and then enjoy the ride through the rest of the weekend. Only one player per team, same format as our world-famous playoff challenge, which will be launching probably in the next, I would say, month, month and a half or so. You can enter for as little as 35 bucks. You can win up to $2,500. That's at myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the Fantasy Flash. Oh, by the way, we should uh, I should let everybody know, coming up on tonight's show, uh, we're going to discuss what to do with those banged-up Niners. What a terrible time for Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey to get banged up since they're playing on Monday night this week. It's like the worst possible thing. We're going to give you our thoughts on that, how to handle them. Uh, which AFC West number three receiver might deserve your start uh, this week in your lineups? And then Matt Modica, the 10th place team in the FFPC main event, a contest he was leading the week before over all the other teams. He's going to join us to discuss Logan Thomas, his love-hate relationship with Logan Thomas. I don't know if it is. It just seems like it is. The rookie receivers that may or may not be in for a big second half and much more. Uh, 
connect with us on the X at HSFF Hour at Eric Balkman. Check out Farrell's KFFSC at KFFSC.com. KFFSC, uh, excuse me, KFFSC. Easy for you to say. Easy Bob. for me to say. Yeah. No, long, I, I, I have say, a question. I, I would say it's been a long day, Farrell, but but you have had a much longer day. I, no, I slept on the plane. I watched football, and you know, I mean, it's it's fine. I had a had a lovely uh, young lady sent me a whole other story, but nevertheless. Um, Balky, on the on the uh, weekly game, mm-hmm. um, how soon before kickoff at one o'clock do you have to be in to be guaranteed a spot in either of the leagues, the ten well, or the twelve? Well, the, what's great about this is you can actually play in ten the ten ten player format or the twelve player format. But we have ten team leagues for that. We have uh, 30 team leagues and 100 team leagues. Gotcha. So, like, as long as we have open spots for it, you can join that. Um, I don't know if – I mean, we'll close them down probably closer to kickoff, but if we think that they have a chance at filling, we'll leave them all the way up there. So my advice is always to, to get in as soon as you can mm-hmm. um, and then make sure that, that you're locked in for that. Um, I want to uh, remind everybody, too, if you want to email the show, you can do so at highstakesfantasyfootballgmail.com, facebook.com, slash hour is where to reach us there. Get those questions, tweets, and emails to us in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce and our producer and mutual friend Rob. Um, let's talk about last night's game briefly. Farrell, did you watch this game last night? I know you were busy. Every single play. Okay, good. This is excellent. Calvin Ridley, a guy that I tried to steer people away from, and I thought I was dead wrong about mm-hmm. after week one, uh, had another interesting performance. And by interesting, I mean not great, Bob. One catch on four targets. For just five yards. And he did not get that catch till there was fewer than 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. Um, they tried to give the Jaguars tried to give him the ball on a rush. He was stopped for no gain. Uh, Trevor Lawrence missed him on back-to-back targets. In the last two games, he's had five catches for 35 yards. And you know, this is all something we could put up with if the Jaguars offense was struggling. It's not. Evan Engram had a pretty good game last night. Travis Etienne had a very good game last night. And Christian Kirk was awesome with Trevor Lawrence. You can't really blame the Lawrence injury uh, on this at all. I I, I know that uh, this coming week they get Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh can't stop receivers. So it's probably a, a get-right game for Calvin Ridley. But Farrell, in the back of my mind, like, you know, even if I had Ridley and, and if I'm fighting for a playoff spot, I, I, I probably couldn't do it, but I'm at least entertaining the idea of potentially benching this guy, maybe not for week eight, but all of a sudden he's no longer a must start. And this is a guy that was being drafted in the third round this year. It depends how good your team is. Depends on what you have to go around him. If you paid that third spot for him, you probably did it in a situation where you were going heavy receiver anyway. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone made him their number one guy, but they may have. Now look, every receiver in the league is going to have a rough couple weeks. And uh, let's, he made a circus catch also. We've got yep. to talk about it. he made He made a wonderful catch. No, he's going to be an element of this football team that, that, that continues in his success. This vaulted Saints defense, who did some good things but broke down many, many times uh, throughout this game, gave up yardage to Etienne. Uh, they gave up yardage to the quarterback that when we started the week had a terrible knee problem, and then he rushes for 62 yards in the game. and looked good doing it. Um, Balky, uh we probably need to pat ourselves on the back. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the people that came in, especially during the pros versus Joe's Calvin Ridley, you know, uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, Christian Kirk, they had written off Christian Kirk. 
Mm-hmm. And we said, no, Christian Kirk's going to be a very productive slot receiver. And then Christian Kirk had a bad game to start the year, if I am recalling correctly. Yes. So we're, we're going to be – we're going to be a mixed bag with all the Jacksonville receivers. The one you can count on is Kirk Ridley. will have some breakout games uh, against Pittsburgh. Watch, watch Pittsburgh this week. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, um, yeah, when they take back to the field, let's, let's get a look at, at what their secondary They're an interesting team. Very good pass rush, very poor secondary. Let's, yeah, see okay. what they look, let's see what they look like. And then you can make your decision about Ridley, but uh yeah, uh, don't don't despair. Ridley will score you points before this is over. Um, let's go to the YouTube chat right now. James Pacora is hanging out there. He has an opportunity to trade Isaiah Pacheco for uh, Jameer Gibbs straight up in, in uh, half-point PPR. Is that something that you would encourage him to do? Farrell, I think, like, Jameer Gibbs, we found out today from Dan Campbell, wheels up for that dude. No David Montgomery. Craig Reynolds is questionable. Dan Campbell said, you know, we, we kind of want to manage his workload, but we may not have a choice because we got to ride this guy. He could get that that kind of work that he had when David Montgomery missed earlier this season where he was getting the between-the-tackle stuff and he was getting the catches. This could be a big week for Jameer Gibbs. This might be the last time you have an opportunity to buy high on him. Pacheco's been awesome. I don't know if Pacheco can keep up the what he's been doing at the pace. I would probably uh, be inclined to make this trade. What about you? That's a head scratcher. And the, the team that proposed the trade, I'd like to know what they were thinking. You know, because if you're sitting there and they offer again, now, now you're thinking about it, but you wonder what that other guy's thinking. But nevertheless, um, what can we say about Gibbs? Uh, you know, people were trying to hang that bust, early mm-hmm. season bust label on him. And we demurred from that here on the show because we, we didn't like that word bust. But, okay, so what's happened for Gibbs? We've got a very good team, uh, a dismal doormat for years, which we've had low expectations of, that rarely even met those low expectations. Now we have a whole different thing. And the coach comes out and says, we've got the players and we've got the coaches. With Gibbs, you've got a player now that's been able to step back, catch his breath, and see it. And see what's going to be, see what's going to take place with these great coaches. The ceiling for Gibbs is unlimited. I'm one of the biggest Pacheco fans, but if you can get Gibbs on your roster, go ahead and give Pacheco up. Yeah, I think you had to do it. I think that uh, that makes a lot of sense. So go uh, make that deal right now, James. Uh, John Terry, a uh, good buddy of the show, wants to know the Rams backfield. Are we playing anybody in the Rams backfield this week? Here's how no. I'm weighing in on this. So. So I didn't get Evans in any of my leagues. I may have already had him in one league. I can't remember. I don't think I did. I don't think I have him anywhere. I put in some bids on Daryl Henderson, Royce Freeman, and not Gaskin. I didn't bid on Gaskin at all. Oh, you didn't? But, no, I did not. But Henderson and Freeman, I, I know I picked up Freeman in a couple of spots, probably more than a couple. I, I think I might have got Henderson somewhere. But what's interesting is while I'm, I'd like to acquire pieces of this backfield, it's just to see what happens. I really don't feel comfortable starting any of these guys. If I'm forced into it, I would play Evans this week. But, my God, they're playing that Steelers rush defense. I really don't expect anything. Sean McVay was asked this week. He said um, – he was asked about Zach Evans getting uh, the starting job. And McVay basically said, I wouldn't go that far. That might have been a direct <laughs> quote. It's something like that. Like, I wouldn't exactly say that. Yeah, was, they're going to they're gonna have a lot of guys great. working at this. So. I mean, if you ha- if you got to start one, it's it's Evans, but I can't play any of these guys. Mm-hmm. I would like to get them on my roster to see what happens, though. The guy that's going to play and is going to be the most successful in the backfield is the one that can block the best. 
And we're going to see uh, now you can move up your receivers. You know, in the last couple of games, um, our, uh, our our Mr. Atwell has not done exactly what we would like to see him do. You can bring him into your lineup, uh, Mr. Higby, a lot more chances. We're going to see some um, – we're going to see a quarterback that really trusts his wide receivers. Naturally, he and Cup work together, but it's amazing what he has developed with the rookie Nakua. This is going to be a short game passing attack with continual passes down the field when the opportunity presents itself. And the guy that will play the most snaps is the Rams running back is the best blocker. And, uh, it, and that's what he's going to be there for. And Hey, if you get close, you get a touchdown and you know, you won the touchdown lottery, but I, I wouldn't go spend a lot of your free agent money on these players. No. We're too far down the depth chart. Yeah, this is going to be – expect Stafford to throw the ball 10 or 12 more times over average in the next few weeks. And, and he's got Cup, and, and he's got Nakua, and he's got Higby. I mean, he has all these options here. His two um, tight ends. His second tight end is a good is a good pass catcher as well. Um, the uh, the other thing, I, I, let's, let's just – I, I want to circle back to something we were just talking about, but before I get to it, a point that you just made. Um, Zach Evans – we don't know how good he is pass pro. The, the reports we've heard is, is average at the very best. Um, Daryl Henderson is a guy who's not only trusted McVay, he's done it for McVeigh before too. So we could see Daryl Henderson maybe getting more touches than, than we originally thought. Mm. Getting back to that Pacheco for Gibbs trade, James, uh, I was called James Pacheco. James Pecora said that Pacheco hasn't had more than 13 routes run in any single game this season. Target probably due to regress there. I'm with you, James, on that one. Um, let's go to uh, ML and ML. My God, I am sorry you have to make this decision this week. This stinks. So he's got to play one of these running backs this week. Daryl Henderson, obviously, who's against the Steelers at home. You got Damian Williams, who is going up to Seattle to take on the Seahawks, and then Darrington Evans, who takes on the Raiders this week. Obviously, we don't like any of these guys. Farrell, who, who's got the best shot to to, to score some fantasy points? I'm gonna uh, place it on Damian Williams. I was surprised how much he got used. Uh, this past week. Um, so I, I would say him, but man, I don't have faith in any three of these guys. Um, I am too. You can make an argument for each one. Uh, don't sit around and say, you know, when, when you start talking about Henderson, you're talking about a player that's had run with the team before, but his situation has been more perhaps psychological and personal rather than on the field. This is one of my favorite players. And uh that's a player I would roster out of this group. I would have to say Williams, but yeah, if you've got room for Henderson to get him on your roster, if he hasn't been already scarfed up through the free agency process on Wednesday night, then that you could make an argument for that too. But yeah, let's put, we got to run any of these guys out there. Let's run Williams out. I think that's the way to go. Um, we got uh, Matt Modica hanging out in the green room before we bring him in. I do want to get into um, the, the Niners situation here. This is, it's kind of a cluster. So um, we know that Debo Samuel was not seen at practice today. I don't believe Christian McCaffrey was either. Now, before we freak out, oh my God, bulky, it's Friday. Yeah, but they play Monday. So they're mm -hmm. still going to have a practice tomorrow. And obviously with that FFPC, uh, waiver run and obviously Kentucky waiver run on Saturday night, FFPC on Sunday morning. You're going to have an opportunity to pick up somebody if you need to. Um, this is this. I, I don't really know what to do here, Farrell. I, I think the McCaffrey thing makes it's made easier if you have Mitchell or Mason on your team. Okay. And then I think you can afford to wait. 
Um, but man, if you don't have anybody, you're running a pretty big risk uh, risk of of taking a zero at that spot. So I think you have to, unless we get some sort of, you know, um, I don't want to say clear, but you know, information that's leading us to believe that McCaffrey's going to play. I think you got to look elsewhere. And Debo Samuel, dude, I'm I'm just already kind of like figuring out what I'm going to do this week. I don't plan on him playing. Is how are you reading this situation? You can live through Samuel, and you can replace him in your lineup unless you have a running back. Um, that you can guarantee to get you maybe eight points. You say, you know, this guy, he's not going to have a big game, and he can do something for me, and he consistently does something. If you have that kind of player uh, on your roster, you can put him in. But anything short of that, I would rather take a zero from McCaffrey and gamble. If I don't know Saturday, if I can't figure it out, I think we'll know Saturday. So I I don't think it's going to be this difficult. I would rather take a zero. Then start a guy that gets a few points. Okay. And then you yeah. have to, and then you sit there and McCaffrey plays. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> yeah. You know, I would rather just, I, I would rather just take, just, just take one for the team and go out and try to win with my best nine. Kind of like you know, baseball. And, and that's the thing. Like, if you're talking about a running back that is like a top 50 guy or, or top, you know, even top 40 guy, it, that gets pretty dicey. Yeah. If you have a guy in the top 30 um, and, and you don't really hear anything on McCaffrey, I mean, yeah, you could roll. Up. I'll tell you what, Zach Evans would be interesting. Um, yeah. it, if he was my only replacement, um, I might look at him instead of McCaffrey. Again, depending upon I might say Najee Harris is my last guy. All right. So Najee Harris and Ezekiel Elliott. Those you know, are my you know what's funny is I was going to use Jalen Warren as an example, and then you went the rung below on the Pittsburgh running back. <laughs> Uh, depth chart, not depth chart, but performance chart oh, uh, with God. Najee Harris. So then, yeah, then obviously it gets a little bit more dicey here. All right, we've, we've kept him waiting long enough. We're going to get to uh, our guest uh, right now, ladies and gentlemen. Long time, long time, two-sport, high-stakes fantasy uh, player, uh, was leading the entire FFPC main event heading into week six. He still got his team locked and loaded in the top ten as we started uh, week seven, uh, prior to week seven starting last night. He joins us now to discuss his journey towards a $1 million grand prize in the FFPC main event. You follow him on the X at CTM Baseball. Please welcome in Mr. Matt Marika. Matt, welcome in. Is. Thanks for joining the show. Hey, hey guys. Thanks for having me. It's a fantastic Friday here in Nashville. So I hope your day's going well. Good night now. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is the evening, and we are glad to have you. So what, what I want to do here, Matt, is, is mm-hmm. you've had an interesting journey throughout your your career. I want to let you take this however you want to take it, because I think um, sort of where you started your, or like the, the career you began in, I think has really set you up for a lot of fantasy success. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, originally, I oh, started on wait, hold it, hold it, wait a minute. Sure. are you in Nashville, sir? Yes, I am. They are loaded in that town with my experience in the music business with sound engineers. Now you probably don't have one on nine one one, but can you hit that computer a little bit or something where we can hear you a little better because you have wisdom and we need it to come in loud and clear. Don't you think, Balky? Is it is it not coming in clear? No, we're not getting a little clear. We're having a little – I thought it might have been just on my end, but uh, – Oh, yeah, uh, bravado, bravado, yeah. There, there's people that are lining up to hear you, Matt, and they're saying, <laughs> wow, we got some interference. Uh, you know, you, you, it, it sounds like something on D-Day and you're hitting the beach and you're calling in for some support, you know, so – yeah. How about how about now? We're not doing much yeah, yeah. Now I'm I'm hearing it now. Too. We're not doing it's, much better. It's yeah, it's not good. Let's see. If we'll we go over to get you right. 
Yes, sir. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe just take the headphones off. Yeah. Try. Yeah. Try that. See. See if that works. And and see if we can just disconnect. Oh, it's better the, already. The headphones. <laughs> see if we can do it without. Looks. I, I'm not hearing anything. Looks. What happened to my background all of a sudden? What Let's is going on check. tonight? Yeah. Do a sound check. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, uh, maybe he can't. Maybe he can't hear us. I hear you fine. Oh, no, okay. we hear you fine. We're, we're, we're ready to go. Okay, good now. Good now? Yeah, absolutely, you are. Yeah. Sorry about that. Usually works fine, but hey, <laughs> I guess shit happens. Technology, yes, absolutely. Yeah, tell us a little bit about where you started as far as your day job and how that set you up for fantasy success. Uh, I mean, I started on Wall Street. I uh, did that for well over a decade. And uh, that was kind of the job I think I was tailored for. Then I ended up in L.A. and doing production on big budget films for like six or seven years, L.A., Hawaii, and pretty much traveled all over now. And we've settled here in Nashville the last year and a half. Uh, And I kind of look at it as, you know, these players are stocks. Uh, I do a lot of leagues, so it's a portfolio and uh, I like to take on risk, uh, especially what you would call, say, um, emerging markets. Mm-hmm. You know, these are younger guys that I think have talent or, you know, maybe they're not going to hit the first month or so, but that second half can really put you over the top. And we've seen the injuries that have happened so far in the first half. Oh, yeah. Well, I have, Okay, so this team's in the top ten. How many teams are you playing approximately? I don't need a true number. Oh, I got a bunch. There's, okay, a lot of teams. So when did you draft this team? This you, one is, I think, July 26th. Okay, okay. I, because I, I looked at it and I said, well, there's just no way that he drafted this in late August or at Planet Hollywood. And, and, and the reason I knew that was because mm-hmm. of the variety of Detroit Lions that you had on your team. St. Brown, Gibbs. Laporta, who I want to focus on, and then Jared Goff. Now, is there a player of those four? No, that wait a minute. That's not what I want to ask. I, I want to what I want to I want to follow up my my statement in that when we whenever you drafted these players, July, August, Planet Hollywood, it doesn't matter. You upped for them. You you paid for that anticipation, just like you broke it down to us. And you took a risk, but it's a very calculated risk. Did you foresee the success that they're having? St. Brown, you have to be happy with. Gibbs, you have to be understanding where he's going. Laporta is the steal of the draft. Just comment on those individual players and and how much they've meant to this team. Uh, Sure. I mean, I got a lot of picks late, which I didn't mind. I kind of like that area, the 10-12 uh, Amon Ra was definitely a target there. Um, you know, I, I thought any of those four receivers, like him, Garrett Wilson, uh, A.J. Brown, T.D. Lamb, but Amon Ra was definitely pretty up there. It was either him or Garrett Wilson were actually my two favorites at that right. spot. Makes Gibbs, sense. I'm kicking myself because it was between him and ETN, and I saw the Lions as an ascending offense this year. And I was hoping he'd have that Alvin Kamara role, which, you know, hasn't come to fruition to date. You know, Monty's out. 
and he's going to get an opportunity. And what I've learned in life is opportunity is everything. I mean, I remember them. They drafted him 12th overall. They were jumping up and down. And, you know, I, I think he has a role. And hopefully, you know, he's a rookie. So hopefully, you know, he gets on track here. But I, I do regret not taking ETN there. Uh, mm. Laporta, for me, was a guy that I was targeting all along. Because I know this is a tight end premium format. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of new to it. You know, but... What did you see in Laporta? There's a lot of positive reports. What did you see? There were just positive reports up and down. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's coming from his college career where, you know, that's basically the tight end factory. Mm -hmm. So, and, and the lions needed that, you know, they didn't have a lot of uh, weapons, Mm -hmm. especially with Jameson Williams uh, supposed to be out for what was it? Six weeks. Yeah. to five. So they kept saying he was just, you know, George Kittle raved about him. And, I mean, he was a guy – I was kind of targeting, like, him, the Kincaids, the Dulcich, who I thought originally would have a role, but, uh-huh. you know, that went up. Well, it, it, what an what a excellent pick that was. And then you, just a quick comment on golf. Did he just fall to you and say, hey, I can include him in the stack, or was that someone you were also targeting? I'm kind of the opposite of many fantasy owners. I believe in having two solid quarterbacks. Mm. Jared Goff was a solid number two for me. Mm. And at the point where I did have like a lion stack, he was very appealing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, the beauty of the format where it's, you know, head to head, but it's also points. And you see guys like even last year when Jalen Hurts was just all world, he has everybody has a bye, he missed two games. And in points leagues, you just can't afford to, you know, no, miss no. a week. You know, you get a 90-point week. That just really sabotages you. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like to have that. And, uh, you know, in a lot of instances, that's helped me. And sometimes you miss on a certain player that maybe you should have took there that pop. But a lot of times it, it bails you out. Well, you know, you think you have a higher ceiling coming forward with Gibbs. And, and you do, but I believe you have a higher ceiling. And I'd like to know from Balky how many Laportas he has here in Kentucky. But, oh. it, but the, the, I watched film particularly on Laporta this week, and I found him very interesting because I looked up his 40 time for the, I don't remember it uh, from the spring process of getting ready for the draft, but he plays so much faster. His, his play speed is so much faster than his testing and his testing was good. And, and, I don't think there's a linebacker. Pro Bowl level linebackers cannot defense this guy. He comes out of his breaks better than most receivers do. There wasn't a player that we saw Thursday night that plays with as much polish on the field as this player does. And already the quarterback, he and the quarterback look like they've been playing together for years. So I think you've got I think you've got 12 touchdowns wrapped up in this guy, maybe more. And I you're looking at possibly the leading reception tight end uh, behind Kelsey just because of the difference of the teams. But congratulations on putting this team together. And I understand it. Uh, I understand how you did it. And uh, you, you still paid more than a lot of people might've been willing to pay for those players. And and I think that shows a uh, good foresight on your part. Uh, I think you got to be aggressive. There's so yeah. many good players you're going up against and I'd rather be a little early on some guys I like, then, you know, sit there and miss out. 
and be yeah. be kind of pissed off at myself for not uh, taking that and ended up. But I will say, um, what was it? The two Tuesdays ago, I, I labeled it Terrible Tuesday as HN. I was like, the one guy I can't afford to get injured on this team is HN. And you know, <laughs> I'm trying to hold it together and get to, you know, week 11, he comes yeah. back. That's, you know, fingers crossed, and he's the same guy he was. Um, Matt, the uh, the thing that I've noticed on your team when I looked at your your um, ads and drops so far this season, you added Logan Thomas, then you dropped him. Then you added him again. And, <laughs> and, and, I, and now here's the thing. I know you said it's important for you to have two, uh, you know, solid quarterbacks, something that I didn't really apply to my own teams until this year, and it's been working out. So I, I'm married to that strategy going forward. What about two tight ends in, in the FFPC? Is it important to have two really solid tight ends? Is Logan Thomas going to find a home on this team for you for the remainder of the season? I mean, I hope so. I think it's just about health. He's been a talented player. He's produced when on the field, but – you know, he hasn't been on the field that much. And what was it, like week two or three where he got the concussion in Denver? You know, he got that that horrible hit. And I thought he was, you know, maybe done after that. But uh, he came back. I'm happy to have him. Like I said, I was waiting on the tight end. So I was taking a shot at these younger guys. I was going with the Patriots. I thought they were going to run a lot of, you know, uh, two tight ends out there. I like the sicky. I like uh, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry looked good the first couple of weeks, and he's kind of fading now, and he seems to be dealing with an ankle injury. And the late guy was Logan Thomas, and I'm happy I got him back. I'm even on this team. I mean, Jacoby Myers was a no-doubt start for me, but now with Hoyer, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I got Logan Thomas, and the Giants are terrible versus tight end. They literally wore <laughs> out. So this is a tight end premium format, so I'm actually debating that one. That's, That's a tough I'm, one. I would lose sleep over that one, Balky. And then Balky brought up Logan Thomas a couple of weeks ago, and, and I said, no, it's, it's, it's just not going to happen. They've got the young guy on Nevada. Just, just let it go. And then Logan Thomas had a great Monday night. Was it a Monday night, Paul? Or Thursday night game. That was the Chicago game. Just fantastic. And so someone in uh, in Dynasty offered him to me in a trade, and I made the trade where I'm short a tight end. And I ran him out there, and I got my usual two points from Logan Thomas. <laughs> what, what a tremendous, fascinating athlete he is. And, and yeah, but I don't, if, if you, uh, if you convince Jacoby Myers, you are a braver man than I am. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be a tough one. This is what's really helped this team is I had, you know, the the four really stud wide receivers, uh, Amon Ra, Garrett Wilson, Ayuk, uh, Keenan Allen. And I didn't draft this player anywhere, but I was able to pick up Adam Thielen after week two or week three. Oh, yeah. And oh, didn't yeah. play him the first couple of weeks, but he's been locked and loaded the last couple, and I'm kind of disappointed he's on a bye. So, I mean, that's really sustained this team, you know, having Jacoby as well. No so, love for Thielen at Planet Hollywood. Guys were shutting him down. Nobody would draft him. He went late. And some of the people that listened and drank that uh, Planet Hollywood Kool-Aid, uh, they dropped him in waiver wires before the season starts. Wow. And, and I just, oh, I just, you know. 
it was just <laughs> trying to figure out how much I had to spend uh, to to get Thielen. And yeah, what a great ad! All right, so so let's get into to um, uh, the Ravens here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justice Hill was a guy. I, I know you went heavy on him in at least mm-hmm. one of your leagues, including this tenth place team. I did as well in several of my leagues because of what I saw from him uh, early on in week one. And we, we basically knew Dobbins was done for the year. Um, does, does he have to, I mean, do we have to have Gus Edwards missing from this Baltimore offense uh, in order for you to start Justice Hill as a flex, or is there some value in being able to deploy him even while Gus Edwards is healthy? Well, first off, uh, Justice Hill is like me uh, being Charlie Brown, kicking the football. I mean, last year there was an opportunity. I remember I, I went in on him, overbid. And I still think with this offense, which is evolving, and I think this offense will finally be really good. It might take another couple of weeks. You know, this is the first year. It's a transition. I mean, the wide receivers, that Pittsburgh game, I still cannot believe the Ravens lost that game and only scored 10 points. Mm-hmm. I, I do think – you know, I, do I want to start Justice Hill? No, but he's my RB2 on this team this weekend. I don't have a choice. Mm. Uh, but I do think he is an exciting player. I think he's talented. I I would love to see him catch some more passes, get him in the open field. Mm-hmm. He's had one uh, bugaboo, which is fumbling, which kind of like really hurts him. So, I mean, we'll see. I'm hoping he gets in the end zone. And, you know, you can get that hopefully like 12 points mm-hmm. out of him or something like that. I mean, it's. I wish I had better options. And well, you're, you're right about this Baltimore team. And thank you, Balky, for bringing that, that up. I mean, it, this this team will not score in the red zone. They're, they're moving the ball up and down the field, but they won't score when they get close. And, and it's uh, they've got to do something different, and Hill should be part of that difference because he's got the speed. He's He's got the – the Eckler Pollard kind of uh, look down around the goal line. He could be, he could be a great addition. There's a lot of questions I've got about this Baltimore team ball game. You asked some damn good ones, but uh, yeah, congratulations on Justin Hill because justice is, he's going to have to deliver uh, for the, to have some aspect of that running game uh, come together for the Ravens. Cause it's rough right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think that, um, you know, like, I, listen, I, I've been burned by Justice Hill before, too. Like, it, it just it happens. Like, it's one of those things, you, you know, I, I'm fine. Like, one of these times she's not going to pull that football away, Matt. One of these times she's going to leave that football down there and we're going to blast that 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 uh, football right through the uprights. Let's talk about some rookie receivers here. I noticed on, on a lot of your teams, you have a trio. I, I know you got some Quentin Johnston, not a ton, but I looked at like Smith and Jigba. You got in a, a bunch of teams, Marvin Mims, Jalen Hyatt. Do you see the light turning on for these guys like, you know, sometime in November or December where, where these guys go on a run um, where, where it's up, it just clicks for them and then all of a sudden they, they become fantasy worthy um, that where these rookies actually could have big second halves? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, with JSN, we were worried that he was going to be put on the IR and miss the first four weeks. Uh, it's It's been a rough early go for him, but this past Sunday we saw the uh, routes up to like 81%. It kind of matched DK and Tyler Lockett. Uh, the Seahawks only have one game with a wide receiver over 100 yards. Mm. That's DK. He has one. His second highest total 75. Lockett prior to this game, his high was 50, uh, 59, but he had the two touchdowns versus Detroit. 
And, you know, prior to the Bengals game, Noah Fant had more receiving yards than uh, than Tyler Lockett, believe it or not. I think by like four or five yards, which was crazy. So, I mean, I think we're seeing it. JSN was wide open on a play that they had planned and they didn't execute it. Uh, he never got the ball thrown to him. So, I, I mean, I, I watched him in college. I think he's their best route runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I love DK as a physical freak, but I, I think they're going to need JSN number one. Their schedule coming up is brutal. They got the Niners twice, Dallas, and the Eagles in a four-game span. Uh, as far as Mims goes, he seems like pretty much their most talented player when he touches the ball. There's a problem. He don't touch the ball. Right. <laughs> kind of like that scene from Moneyball where he's like, this is uh, Kevin Euclid, you know, but he, <laughs> you don't get the ball, you can't produce in football. So hopefully yeah. after the trade deadline, I got to think Judy's out of there. Uh, I don't know if Court and Sutton goes as well, but I think they're trying to blow that up. And the last guy, Hyatt, I just look at him as he's one of the fastest guys in the league. Uh, Belichick winner. I, I know they said he he played in a uh, gadget system at Tennessee. I think he's more talented than not. Problem is they didn't have Saquon for a month. Uh, their offensive line is trash. No, so they didn't have that time to maybe get him the ball. But he's the guy that I want to keep on my bench, and you know we'll see. We'll see what happens in the second half, and hopefully he can pop. The offensive line is is definitely subpar in New York and has never been the same offensive line from one game to another. And you could say the same thing about Hyatt uh, that you did uh, about Jackson Smith, JSN. Uh, more routes. He's, he's doing it. Mm-hmm. He and Wondell Robinson are on the field some. And you can rest. Take a deep, deep breath, Mac, because uh, – Cole Beasley has left the team. <laughs> yeah, Cole, Cole is gone. Um, so we got to get you up here to Kentucky, Matt. Since you're just down there in Nashville, you got to come. You got to come play up here. When you do, you'll meet a guy named um, Jay Reed. He's, he's one of Balky's all-time favorite guys, and um, he plays in the league. and And when, when we got to Planet Hollywood, I I, I went over and sat down, and and uh, Jay Reed sitting next to me. And uh, he's from Philly, the East somewhere, and uh, he's just a great player, you know. And it, it I, I hated the team I was drafting, and, and but you know the thing about it was I had a great time sitting next to Jay. And the reason I'm telling you all this about the 13th round, you're right, Balky. He's for, he's from Philly. About the 13th round, he bent over to me and he goes, "You know, I got the." Inside information on who's going to be the number one Philly running back. And the 14th round rolls out, and I'm waiting for him to say the magical name. And he drafts Rashad Penny with great feeling. And I said, well, what the hell happened to Swift? And he's high as Penny. So now, how did you know it was going to be Swift? And is it going to be more Swift? as we move on, because, you know, Philly's got a pretty record. They're doing a lot of interesting things, but Hey, they could, they could do better. Um, a lot more potential there that's untapped. And uh, well, I think I mean, a lot of that I could do, go to Swift. So that's my I do have a lot of Swift, but I did, I did draft a lot of Penny. Yeah. And I thought it would be Swift and Penny. I thought Swift was a, 
uber talented back. We were drafting him a year ago at the end of the first, second round. Uh, it's just in Detroit, he wasn't their guy on the short yardage and probably just fell out of favor. They got him for nothing. And even Penny, they signed for like a million. I think between the both of them, it was just over $3 million. So I figured they were going to use them heavily. And uh, Swift's price to me, you know, anywhere from the sixth to the eighth round was a home run pick. I mean, if you missed, you swung and missed, I don't think it was going to kill you. I didn't like those running backs in the sixth round, the Rashid Whites, uh, the Madisons. To me, on a talent level, they were, they nowhere compared to Swift. And he went to the best offensive line, the best running game. And you saw in that Eagles game how that game shifted once Lane Johnson went out. That's mm-hmm. how the Jets were able to win that game and get that pressure. And Hurts had that terrible second half. So, I mean, we'll see. I don't think, you know, I mean, Rashad Penny's a guy, I would say, stash on your bench if you can, if you mm-hmm. have that luxury. Because you never know what happens. I mean, he was big for me back in 2021 at the mm-hmm. end of the year. So, you know, stranger things have happened. Mm-hmm. Well, Jay is in first place uh, yeah, in his division, and he's challenging you. And I'm in a position where I'm rooting for both of you. But, yeah, um, that's a good breakdown on Swift, and I like that. I want to – here's what I want to do, because we're we're running short here. Let, let's skip over to the next question, because it seems like Deshaun Watson's going to play uh, this yeah. week. Um, Farrell – or, excuse me, um, Matt, let, let's let's do this. Doesn't have to be your 10th place team, but any any – I know you got a bunch of teams in the FFPC this year. What's the toughest lineup decision that, that you're facing? I mean, you probably already took a look at it with the game yesterday, but what's something that you've been going back and forth on uh, for this upcoming Week 7? Uh, with the buys and everything, it's like Jerry Judy, who I guess Steve Smith was right, is just a jag, uh, versus uh, Wondell Robinson. I feel Robinson's the safer play. He's going to get the targets. Uh, I don't know if he has that ceiling. I'm scared to sit Judy, and then he has that game. I figured they wanted to maybe showcase him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they want to move him. Uh, so we'll see about that. Uh, and on the quarterback level, I have some Fields teams, and I had, like, say, Fields and Cousins. So Fields is out. Cousins is facing the Niners, coming off a loss. And I picked up Desmond Ritter. In a there you games. go. And there's, a, there's a man that listens to the show, Valky. That's right. I kind of <laughs> like them as a as an upset this week. I, I mean, I, I know he's been kind of terrible in spots, you know, trying to come back last week. He was throwing those interceptions and stuff. But in fantasy, sometimes, you know, you just need to play. They have a good enough team. And you just sometimes need the players that can do a few things. You know, maybe he runs one in, maybe a short pass, and uh, Robinson takes one to the house. Yeah. He's got the skilled players. So, I mean, those are a couple of uh, really tough ones. I mean, it's, I mean, it's unfortunate now. Like with Jacoby, I'm going to most likely roll him out, but he was just a beast with Jimmy G. If Jimmy G was doing one thing good in his life, it was just feeding Jacoby Myers. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, a couple of emails here for you, Matt, from some listeners or viewers, I should say. Chuck in Colorado Springs leads it off. If I can only roster one Giants receiver, who should it be? Thank you, Chuck in Colorado Springs. Matt, we just kind of talked about this. You do have Hyatt mm-hmm. on a lot of teams. Would he be, if you can only roster one Giants wideout, is it Hyatt or is it somebody else? 
I'd probably go Wandell Robinson. There I you mean, go. He seems to be their guy. I, he was a guy that I really didn't draft because I thought he was going to start on the pup. And I got him in a couple of leagues in that maybe that last round late. Mm-hmm. And then that first week or prior to that first week, I was picking him up on waivers. I was making that Wednesday night waiver claim for him. And I, I think we're seeing it. I think at some point it's got to be Robinson and Hyatt for this team to be successful. If they keep losing, you know, it's why not play these guys, you know, all the time and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, let, let's go to, um, to, to the YouTube uh, chat right now, Rob Phillips. I'm assuming Rob is facing a, a bye week issue where he might have to drop one of these guys, but he wants to know who the better hold is between Tajay Spears in Tennessee or Zach Charbonnet in Seattle. Matt, how do you weigh in on that? Who's the, if you, if you, if you got to cut one of these guys loose, who do you cut loose? There's no way I'm cutting Tajay Spears. To me, he's the closest thing this year to say Achan. If uh, Henry went down, I mean, I I just absolutely love this kid Spears, and uh, so I'm definitely holding on him. I, I mean, Charbonnet, I wouldn't want to cut, but if I had to choose between the two, it's a no-brainer. I'm I'm cutting Charbonnet. Yeah, you're uh, not cutting either one of those guys, Balky. You'll just play no. without a kicker. Keep, right. <laughs> play with your kicker on by. And keep I like that. Kicker. I like that. You know. Um, but, one more email here for you, Matt. Uh, Dan in Brook Park, Ohio. Hey, Matt, what's your philosophy on team defenses? Do you try to ride one elite one all season, or do you like to stream new ones every week? Thank you, sir. That is Dan in Brook Park, Ohio. We appreciate you, Dan. Uh, Matt, how have you been treating uh, defenses in the FFPC? I mean, the last couple of weeks, I've been able to get Cleveland. I mean, I went after them aggressive. People cut them with the bye, and their schedule from like here on out is really nice. I mean, I have a Cleveland and Cowboys team, and I was looking at it today, and I'm like, I probably cut the Cowboys because they got, you know, the end of the season, they got some really tough matchups, and mm-hmm. Cleveland's defense has been elite. Uh, I think it's elite. I, I would not cut them on, on the teams that I had them when they had to buy. You know, I, I, I picked up another defense and actually dropped a uh, running back, wide receiver, or tight end in, in that spot. You want to look at defenses that have it easier way to go well you might want to add another detroit element to your lineup because the lions <laughs> after the, and then uh kansas city bulky a, a great kentucky stat for our defensive rules uh, kansas city's only given up about 15 points a game Ooh, interesting yeah. i actually picked uh I, I don't know if i picked them up this week i think i had them on a couple of teams already but i will be deploying them uh in kentucky as well speaking speaking of kansas city there's a lot of there's a lot of people want action commentary on this hardman uh, michael hardman trade yes it's, it's yeah, tearing up, know. Tearing up a lot of activity here I'll, the only thing i'll say about that is hopefully sunday is the beginning of rushy rice season yeah. I mean, I think this kid has a chance to take off, especially with Watson. I mean, Watson was not maybe producing a lot of catches, but he was running a ton of routes for them. Mm-hmm. He was re- They relied on him. They, so I think now Rice gets that opportunity and averse the charges. You know, it, 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 we could see it happen Sunday. And I'm really Man, happy. I'm, I'm going to try to find out the story of how this player came back to Kansas City because I think it's very interesting because a quarterback needs somebody to stretch this field. And if you have other Kansas City receivers, your initial knee-jerk reaction would be to be another receiver, but yeah. he is going to accomplish things and make the defense play differently to where your receivers are going to be open. So, you know, if, you, if you're right about Rice, and if you got Tony and you, and you got the other guy more, 
And and yeah, it's it's could be good, and it's definitely going to be good for the quarterback. Farrell, why don't you ask uh, Matt uh, our final question? Of the oh, night? Matt, you, and then you've exhausted, and you've already you've already <laughs> played your Desmond Ritter card. God bless you. You know he, he just keeps putting up those twenty-five to thirty-point games. So here's the question: You are quickly becoming a legend in fantasy football, and you might win this whole damn thing this year in the FFPC. So I want to know your legend maker for this week, and then I want to know the guy. And you're very, very positive, and you assess risk well, and it means everybody has an upside. But I want to know the one guy that you cannot find any. Uh, positivity of outcomes from that you will not touch in and yet you just don't want him this week. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say I won't touch because I'm starting him, but I no, think that, that, I, a, you did not understand the question. Let me start over. I know, but I, 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 know, I know, I, I know. Okay. Let's we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll give you a reset without me re-asking the question. So reset, go ahead. Uh-huh. One guy I'm not going to touch this weekend? Yeah, there we I, go. I, I don't have that answer on top See, of this is fantastic, Balky. I have <laughs> always said the best players in the whole FFPC do not focus on the negative. Right. You know, in the gentleman we were talking about, Pacheco and Gibbs, mm-hmm. and they started wanting to talk about the negative aspect of each player. No, there's so much positive about the players. No, Nick, that's the perfect answer to this question. Matter of fact, after a night, Balky, we were tired of this damn question. Right, okay, so who is your legend maker? Uh, I'm hoping it's JSN. Uh, you know, I, I think this kid, we, we saw it last week. We saw the steps. Uh, I, I think he's a phenomenal player. And, uh, you know, he's the wide receiver I would go with. If you got Curtis Samuel, he's moved into that wide receiver number two. He has jumped. I mean, Dotson's been a dog all year. I hate to say it. I mean, I got him on some teams. I'm not going to cut him. But, I mean, maybe he deserves to be cut. But I think Curtis Samuel, he seems to do it against the Giants as well. But as long as he keeps producing, I mean, he's gotten seven, eight targets. Last week, only four. But, I mean, he's putting it up there. And the running back, who I think he got tackled six inches away from the end zone last week, uh, Roshan's out again. Deonta Foreman, I think, scores Mm -hmm. one or two touchdowns, makes you a nice flex, desperate RB2 play. So. There's your sleeper ball. Yeah. yeah. No, well, Foreman is a guy I wish I had actually had more of, unfortunately, and I, and I don't. Um, Free agent Saturday night, Boggy. And, and one guy well, he's not available. That's the problem. I missed the boat. Like, I got you him still like, got all your money because you haven't required anybody, yeah. so go spend some money. Yeah, all right. The one I'll, I'll guy that I'm really nervous for this week, but I am starting him in a, in a few leagues, is uh, Christian Watson. I think, mm. you know, I think after this week, he's really going to catapult. But, you know, when you're going up against Patrick Sertan, it's not an easy uh, – the rest of that defense is trash, but he's got the, un, you know, unenviable task of having to face Sertan. So I hope yeah, – I, I got a I'm question wrong. for Balky. Balky, who is the Green Bay Packer backup quarterback? Uh, Sean Clifford, the pride of Sean Penn State. Sean Clifford. Yeah. No, believe, and believe it or not, like, Matt, I don't know if you know this, but I'm in northeast Wisconsin. I, I have a local radio show here. There's – there's already people saying that it is time for Sean Clifford. Yeah, they want the Sean Clifford. Oh, show. God, it's unbelievable. It's Guy unbelievable. with two first names. You guys have been spoiled, though. I mean, what, 30 oh, years? Totally. Yeah, yeah, he's so, spoiled, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get it. And, and we're taking our lumps this year. But uh, but that's what happens. 
Um, a guy who has not been taking his lumps in fantasy this year is a dude who is sitting in 10th place in the FFPC main event right now. That's Matt Modica. Uh, Matt, so so awesome to have you on, to, to hear your insight tonight, uh, to for the entertainment value as well. We appreciated that too. Uh, we will continue to follow you on the X at CTM Baseball. Keep up the great work. Hopefully the ball bounces your way this weekend and go out there and win that million, man. Well, thanks a lot for having me, guys. I had a great time and good luck this weekend. Thank you. Throw Thank those you so headphones much, away. Trash those <laughs> headphones. And get rid of those. You got a great voice. You could yes. actually almost do the show without audio assistance. I mean, here you got a great voice. Throw those headphones. Thank you. Matt, be good. We'll talk again soon, dude. Take care, guys. Yep. Matt Modica, uh, Modica, excuse me, at CTM Baseball on the X machine. Uh, good to hear from him tonight. 10th place in the main event was leading the whole thing coming into week six as he well. He was great in boiler room, too. You know, Matt Medica was, was great in boiler room. Boiler room. <laughs> that, he might have been that, in the big short, but I mean, he was in boiler room. I'm no, sure. you saw, you saw. Let me ask you this because I've I've talked with the Dizzle about this before. You've seen boiler room and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, right? Oh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross on stage as well as the film production. Okay, okay. So I've never seen it on stage, but mm. who had the better speech, Alec Baldwin and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, or Ben Affleck in boiler room? Because I thought there was a lot of similarities between the two. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the Boiler Room was a lot of great quotes, many of which came from uh, Mr. Diesel. But, yeah, <laughs> Affleck, was very, Affleck was very, very good. Um, um, but, it, it, you know, in contemporary society, but, you know, New Cadillac and steak knives, it, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm gonna go Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. You know the the Baldwin thing too is great. Like I'm a I'm a total SNL nerd. I love SNL, and they mm. actually Baldwin hosted. This is probably 15 years or so ago, um, but he hosted, and they did a a Christmas sketch where he came in to the elves workshop, and he basically did a carbon copy of of that <laughs> of that speech to like rile up the elves or whatever. It was it was great. Well, you know, lots of our fantasy players need one of those speeches. They need they they need that now. We we could all use a little bit of that motivation. Okay, let's here's let's do this, Farrell. Let's go rapid fire on on a lot of this stuff. I want to get to a couple of the topics that we didn't get to before uh, Matt popped on. Devontae Adams upgraded to full um, this week in practice. We're not worried about his shoulder. He came out today, or not today, but this week, and said basically like, you know, I'm I'm trying to be great every time out there. I need the ball to be great. And I almost wonder, and I know Brian Hoyer is getting to start this week, but I almost wonder if that squeaky wheel and Devontae Adams is going to get peppered by about like a dozen, maybe maybe yeah. a dozen and a half targets. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily think you can bench Jacoby Myers in, in a week where there's six teams on by. I'm going to be deploying him uh, in my lineups for sure, but I'm also going in with reserved expectations. There's some Michael Mayer chatter in, in the in the in the YouTube chat earlier. I think I'm benching him this week. I think this is a massive Devontae Adams week against the Bears. It's a massive Devontae Adams week. Um, both receivers, both receivers against the Bears are necessary to play. But in your Adams, your Adams players have 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 felt cheated and betrayed here in the last couple of weeks. Now it's we're looking at 15, 17 targets. Hunter Henry, I don't expect him to play for New England. Um, I think what's interesting here is we saw um, the rise or the return, I should say, of Kendrick Bourne this past week, uh, had his best game since week one of the season. Uh, if he, again, if he is out, 
this week, uh, uh, Hunter, Hunter Henry. I mean, we could be looking at another 12, 13, 14 target performance for Bourne, and he's pretty efficient with those. I think Bourne's a guy you got to get in your lineups this week. Yeah, th- perhaps, and I think so. You know, and, and uh, our beloved Patriot fan is uh, Bednar, Jane, uh, James Bednar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, amongst others, but it's a tough year for the past fans. It's a tough year for fantasy players who are employing Patriots because the team does not have any continuity. So you're just basically uh, you're you're basically spinning the wheels on the proverbial slot machine. You don't know what's going to come up, but uh, he's got uh, he's got opportunity. He's got history, and he's a proven vet for a team that needs someone to step up. So if anybody's going to do it, it would be a player. Uh, it would be a player like Bourne. Um, let's get to the emails here. Uh, some start sits. Uh, we'll try to help out some people. That here. was not rapid fire on my part. I'm going to come no, rapid fire. We can't. We did rapid. That is rapid fire for our pace. For I'm our pacing on this show, that was rapid fire. I'm so coming to rapid fire, Balky. Give me a chance. <laughs> Alan, Alan, Pompano Beach, Florida. Uh, we'll oh, go rapid fire place. next. What's up, guys? Is the smart move to play Joshua Palmer this week over Cortland Sutton hosting Balky's Packers? Thank you for the email, Al and Pompano Beach. Yeah, Cortland Sutton, It's it got interesting today because I don't think Jair Alexander is going to be playing for Green Bay. Eric Stokes should be back this week, but they're talking about just using him on special teams. So you're looking at Rasul Douglas and Keyshawn Nixon matching up with Jerry Judy and, and Cortland Sutton out there. Uh, so I think Sutton's interesting. Am I willing to play him over Joshua Palmer, a guy who – um, didn't he get a touchdown called back this past mm-hmm. week? I, I mean, and so Herbert's looking at him. The mm-hmm. total on that game, I, I thought it was high, and I, actually I thought it'd be it's higher not. than it was. Um, 47 and a half. I'm I'm mm-hmm. playing um I'm playing Joshua Palmer over Sutton here. I'm playing Joshua Palmer over a lot of uh wide receivers in the NFL. Yes. The reason is the the reason is the clear opportunity. When Palmer has played before, it's always, hey, couple weeks, go see what you can do. There's a little desperation. Now you know, Williams is gone for the season, and, and we're in a situation now of where this is your job, this is your quarterback, this is your relationship. He's no longer a younger player. He's in the middle of his career, and if you look at him, the physicality is different. I would say he's added about 10 pounds, and it's all muscle. This is a good player playing up to his level of ambition and, and his, uh, his ceiling of uh, productivity. You must play Palmer. Um, uh, yeah. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm with you on that one, uh, all the way. Let's go to this next email. It is from John in Washington, DC. I haven't done it all year, but I'm thinking this might be the first time I do it. Uh, I, uh, start John Smith against the bucks over Tyler Higby at home against Pittsburgh. Thank you so much. That's John in Washington, DC. Yeah, this is a conundrum. I feel like if, you know, We've talked so much Kyle Pitts on this show. I think John U. Smith is, is kind of lapped him for the most talked about Falcons tight end on the HSFF hour in the 2023 season. But Higby or John U. Smith this week, Farrell, this is an interesting one. I think I'm actually going to roll with John U. Smith here over Tyler Higby. Balky, you're not going to do that, and I'm not going to let you. Higby is the guy that has the quarterback, the veteran quarterback that will deliver the ball to him. Earlier in the show, we talked about why that might increase. We understand why Higby's not getting as many targets as he should. Johnny Smith, uh, there, there's a lot of two tight end packages down there, but they're not always not going to be successful. And our guest talked about how uh, Ritter is good at moving around working with his feet and getting open and uh, giving receivers time to get open. 
or giving that somebody like Smith a chance. It, it, no, there's no the, Smith is incidental fantasy production, although uh, Pitts uh, and London have been showing up lately and giving drafters a chance to to realize what they've been missing in Pitts. So there you go. So Farrell has the the proverbial. Kentucky handcuffs on me, so I can't. I can't do it. I, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just good. But you I know. will. Say, I will say this, Farrell. And for anybody out there who does not have the Kentucky handcuffs on him, Steelers. Oh well, are, Irv Smith and John U. Smith. No, 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 not Smith Irv Smith. We're not, no, we're not. You're, see, now you oh. brought up Irv Smith this time. I did. Um, yeah. uh, the Steelers are giving up the third fewest points to uh, fantasy points to tight ends this year. And they are giving up the 27th most or 27th fewest points. In other words, the six most points to receivers. So this could be a massive Cooper Cup game, a massive Puka Nakua game. Higby, I'm not sure on this. I can't do it because I got the Kentucky handcuffs on me, but maybe you can. Let's yeah. let's get into the next one. I want you to play Higby. Okay, there you go. All right. Um, Devin in Peoria, Illinois. Kirk Cousins is playing in a primetime game against a primetime team. Is Jordan Love's matchup against Denver good enough for me to bench Cousins in favor of Love? Devin in Peoria, Illinois. Thank you for the email. Farrell, I, I know I'm characterized as a Packers homer, and, and I certainly don't want to come off like that uh, on this show as I'm trying to dispense really solid fantasy football advice. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. Yes, I am playing Jordan Love. Over Kirk Cousins this week. Love against that horrific Denver Broncos defense. Kirk Cousins taking on that Niners defense. I think Fred Warner is just going to absolutely obliterate that Vikings offense. No Justin Jefferson. Give me Jordan Love over Kirk Cousins this week. You've said all the reasons. I would just be doubling down on it. And I will say this. um, If some of these offensive players are missing from this game, the defensive coaching staff and the players on the field, they realize they're going to step it up. And that dome's going to be loud, and it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun, uh, for sure. Uh, this one coming in from Broward Bravado, uh, who is Pompano Beach is his backyard, he said. Um, Jordan Love or Deshaun Watson, who is now expected to start this week at Indianapolis. Farrell, where do you stand on that? You're going to come in with Watson. This is a perfect situation for him on the carpet. He looks good. He, you know, it, he's, just, he's just like some of the other players that got a – a bit of reprieve and now got his opportunity to see what could happen for a team that, that has a backup quarterback, the third string quarterback come in and deliver a victory. So it's a situation where I expect Watson to play very well. You know, I would probably play Desmond Ritter over both those guys. Yes, you would. Absolutely. You would play Desmond Ritter in a bye over both those guys. No, let's don't get crazy. (laughs) Come on now. Um, and so, so that's where that's where we stand on. And I, by the way, I agree with Farrell here. I'd probably play Watson. They said the ball was just it's. He looked good. The beat writer said he looked good today. The ball was zipping out of his hand. Oh, Cooper, he's got more. He's got Njoku. Ford catching balls under the backfield. It's amazing how good professional athletes can look in practice. It's just really <laughs> well. It's, it's reassuring. Just really fantastic. It's reassuring. Those writers come in. They say, "Oh my goodness, he really looks good." But you know what we got, Bobby? We had a question last week. Should we bench Amari Cooper? because of the unknown quarterback coming in and we said hell no and how'd that work out yeah it's, it's, you know it, yes you make a good point we gave um, some good advice we we have from time to time let's give one more good piece of advice oh, we'll here tonight Lou, i will hopefully i'm not jinxing us so <clears throat> this is this is coming from the same game lou in berkeley california 
Hey, HSFFR, would you start Jalen Warren against the Rams over Zach Evans in the same game? Good luck in week seven in your leagues. That is Lou in Berkeley, California. Start or sit Jalen Warren at the Rams or Zach Evans at home against the Steelers. I'm rolling with Jalen Warren this week, Farrell. You should. Pittsburgh is coming out of the bye, correct? Yes. Friermuth is not available. He, he was unlikely to play. Um, yes, Warren is. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start Warren. That's that's not even a question when you get our 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 gentleman from California would have figured that out. I it's still so. cocktail hour out there. If he'd sober up a little bit, he'd get that one. I think, you know, sometimes we get we get so wrapped up in the mm-hmm. moment, uh, you know, and, and obviously Zach Evans was the shiny new toy this week. And yeah. we, we, we're always constantly reevaluating stuff. Mm-hmm. It. It's a weekly game. And so oftentimes we just need that reassurance. Like, OK, it's I, a new it's a it? new season every week. Balky. And season. you know what? Yeah. Stafford may turn around, hand the ball to Evans and he may run 60 yards with it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, God bless him if he does. And, you know, opportunity, as our guest said tonight is the best kind of thing that any player on your roster can have. Sometimes that's all you need is Mm. is just an opportunity. And you, dear viewer, will have an opportunity to make some fantasy football magic in week seven. Uh, Thank you so much for watching tonight. We appreciate it. Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, joining me once again. Farrell, we will continue to check out the KFFSC, KFFSC KFFSC.com. Thank you so much uh, for for hanging out. A very tired and weary traveler you are. I will let you get some rest. Thanks so much, dude. We will do this again next week. See you, Valky. Good night. You got it. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. Check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at kffsc.com. Thanks to Matt Modica, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for hanging out tonight. We really appreciate it. Uh, The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour returns next Friday. Uh, at the same time, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, we're going to have the week six FFPC main event fourth place team owner Brad Witten come on and drop some science on us as well. So that is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, in case you missed Tuesday's Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, it is still available on demand on any of the uh, FFPC socials, including YouTube. We had six time FFPC league champ and 2005 WCOF overall winner Paul Friel, uh, he of the $250,000 uh, uh, grand prize. He uh, chatted it up with me. We had a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully helped you out for week seven. Uh, the show will be back this Tuesday night, again, at 10 p.m. Eastern time with 16-time FFPC league winner. And I know he's got a boatload of titles in Kentucky as well. Ray Chung will uh, will jo- rejoin the road of his high-stakes lowdown. That will be Tuesday night. Uh, in case you missed last night's high-stakes fantasy football show on the Better Sports Network, it is still live on all the BSN socials as well as the FFPC socials, including YouTube. We had Draft Shark C.H. Herms on, which is always entertaining if you've never Oh, listen to this guy or watch this guy. He is so engaging and entertaining and very informative as well. So make sure you check that out. This coming Thursday at 7 p.m., we'll go live again for two hours with Fantasy Football Today's Doug Ort ahead of that Thursday night football game. Go to myffpc.com to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge. myffpc.com to play in that. No draft, no salary cap. Just choose 10 players or 12 players dependent upon if you want to play with kickers and defenses by Sunday's kickoff, and then just enjoy the ride throughout the weekend. Only one player per team, no stacking in this. So it makes a little bit more fun and a little bit more maddening, a little bit more challenging, and sometimes a little bit more profitable. You only can, or you can enter for as little as $35 and you can win up to $2,000. 
$500. So check that out at myffpc.com, myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on it, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, share it with everyone, and get notified every time we go live, which will once again be Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern on the road of his high stakes lowdown with Ray Chung. We will talk with you again. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. I don't really have a good takeaway message tonight. Um, so I, I won't bore you with it. We'll just let you go and enjoy your evening or your day if you're downloading this later. Thanks so much for watching. Hopefully the ball bounces your way in week seven, ladies and gentlemen. And we will talk with you again on Tuesday night. This show resumes live at Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Good luck, everybody. Have fun. Thanks for watching. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.